0: Hey, everyone. Ian and Sam here. Now that we're over 20-plus episodes in, we wanted to come and uh, revisit some of our older episodes.
1: Now that we are getting a lot of people going through our backlog, we figured we would come give you a little PSA about these early episodes and their quality.
0: Which is rough. So if you're coming and starting here as your do-I-like-this-listening point, just know that episodes one, two, three, and 4 – There were some technical issues. We were doing one track.
1: We were recording on Zoom. They were kind of hard to edit.
0: And I discovered I am a yell talker and had to just adjust that in general. So once you get to episode five and on, we've really started to kick into having a much more professional quality sound. So enjoy these episodes. There's some great stuff in here.
1: And keep listening because you're awesome and we love you.
0: We hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, I'm Ian
1: and I'm Sam and this is a very special Christmas episode of
0: Do I Like This, the
1: podcast. I thought you were going to say (laughs) of.
0: We literally (laughs) just coordinated this seconds ago. (laughs) Shh. This is the podcast where I bring Sam B-movies and horror movies I love.
1: And I try my very hardest to not shut it off halfway through. (laughs) And hopefully bring some holiday spirit today. Yay. So originally we were going to do one that I found mm-hmm. called Satan Claus.
0: The Satan Clause. Yeah.
1: No, 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 no. I think it's technically called Letters to Satan Claus, and it's on the sci-fi channel. It's brand new but we couldn't get it because I'm, I think it maybe hasn't come out yet, or if it has, it was only available to stream, and we just didn't feel like buying sci-fi to watch it, so we'll watch it next year when it's free.
0: Exactly. And as I found out searching for alternative options, there is a plethora of wonderful holiday horror, and this is the first one where I haven't seen this prior to bringing it to Sam. We experienced this for the first time together this week.
1: Right. This is a very special holiday episode.
0: So this week I brought you, and me, the 2016 horror slasher film All Through the House. We watched it on Amazon Prime.
1: Yes, we watched it on Amazon Prime. It has 3.4 stars on Amazon. 4.4 on IMDb. Out of 10, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know what their (laughs) scale is on IMDb. That's a very good question.
1: So the first thing before you read the synopsis, I wrote down it was 2016. It was made in 2016. And then as I was watching it, a lot of the story and stuff that happened and the way the people spoke, I really thought it was early 2000s.
0: I think the story was like 1960s in some of the, uh, the tropes oh, and roles they had, but it yeah. definitely, the yeah. film style really felt early 2000s in the way that this film was shot.
1: There was a lot of stuff in this that I didn't think would necessarily fly in 2016. Mm -hmm. Trigger warning at the beginning here. There's some reference to rape, possibly. Definitely child abuse. Yep. There's reference to mutilating a child at one point. This movie actually turned pretty disturbing.
0: It was not at all what I thought we were getting into.
1: If you get queasy at the sight of blood or... Dicks dicks or aggressive stabbings, multiple stabbings, really, really graphic violence, this movie is not for you.
0: This movie shows it. All of it.
1: Like nonstop. It makes you like look in the person's eyes as the person is being murdered. Listen, the murders are gratuitous and fake and on the verge of silly, but they're super, super violent, like super violent.
0: This is the kind of film that back in the day would be rated M.
1: It reminds me of exploitation movies from the 70s, like Last House on the Left. It's for that type of audience. Mm. And it's fine. And I really don't mind a lot of it, except when it came to the stuff with the kids that bothered me. And not just because I'm a parent. Even before that, I was not a huge fan of that sort of thing. It feels cheap and gross.
0: We'll get into it in more depth as it happens.
1: No, we will. But I just wanted to put it out there for people in case it might bother them, some of the stuff we're talking about.
0: Yeah. So one of the things we're going to do on this podcast is we won't hold back. The films we're going to do sometimes will push some boundaries. And this was one that was unexpected. right? And I think what we'll try to do is this, is give you a fair opportunity to understand before we get into it hey, this one is gonna be a little rough in some spots. It's gonna bring up some really uncomfortable things and we're gonna address it accordingly, but we'll call it out too, if necessary.
1: Right, and here's the thing. It's funny, it's very tongue in cheek, but when it's disturbing, it goes in hard. There's some like rampant mental illness going on here, which to me is extra disturbing because that's the field that I'm in. And so it's so much easier for me to kind of pick all that stuff out. And then I kind of just dig into it.
0: So I watched this film last night and Sam watched it today and watching it before Sam. So knowing she has a background and expertise in mental health work, as I was watching this film, it definitely dawned on me. I'm like, I don't know if this is going to hit Sam in the right way, the wrong way. Kind of in the end, I came to the conclusion both, depending on the moment.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah.
0: I still was like, well, I've seen it. She's watching it. (laughs) That was the approach I took. All right. Amazon Prime. I'm going to use their synopsis because it's short to the point. All through the house, a deranged masked Santa slayer comes to town for some yuletide terror. He leaves behind a bloodied trail of mutilated bodies and hunts his way to the front steps of the town's most feared and notorious home.
1: Is the home really feared and notorious? I didn't realize that at all.
0: I think maybe it's notorious for the what happened with the child
1: there. I thought maybe it was notorious for the amount of Christmas lights that were outside.
0: Okay, so something I really liked in this film is everywhere you go, every house, every mall, this town's electric bill is all the money.
1: Everyone who lives there is a Griswold.
0: It's great. Everyone. It's beautifully decorated.
1: Most of the houses are beautifully decorated, but there are lights literally hanging from the walls where there's nothing there, just lights hanging. And every bathroom has Santa shower curtains and Christmas lights and ambient Christmas music playing in the bathroom. On old-timey record players. Oh, my God. It was hysterical. Every single room of every single house. There's one point where someone's walking downstairs and there's Christmas lights on the actual stairs themselves.
0: I won't lie. As I was watching this part of me, was like, is this Sam's fever
1: dream? <laughs> I think I wrote it down somewhere where I was like, listen, I love Christmas. I love decorating for Christmas. I make jokes that I'm a Griswold. These people were actually scary.
0: We're sitting in a room right now with a fireplace hearth that is covered in well-decorated stockings, whole shelf of Christmas story-themed goodness. We're in a fitting place to talk about this town.
1: So this movie opens on some outdoor Christmas decor with the creepiest Santa Claus I've ever seen. Creepiest. It's like a, it's basically a scarecrow situation Yeah. with a Santa mask and the Santa face, the skin color is gunmetal gray, mm-hmm. you know, beard, hair, whatever. Then you get three little potty mouth children.
0: I noticed that too.
1: They were aggressive. They're like, come on, you little fucker or whatever.
0: You little bastard.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But I wrote that they were potty mounts. They're throwing stuff at the decorations.
0: I would not have fucked with that house. That was a creepy... I wouldn't throw thrown shit at that house.
1: No, no. They throw something. They hit the mask off the Santa. And when the mask falls off, it shows this burlap scarecrow face like the episode of Supernatural. What was that? It was very creepy. So all the kids start screaming and running away. Correctly. Yeah, terrifying. So I wrote, oh, Santa's a scarecrow. I thought maybe it was a supernatural being. It's not.
0: I would have enjoyed that movie.
1: This is what I do in these movies. I speculate aggressively. So then we see some bare feet walk up and it picks up the mask.
0: I noticed right away that those were scrubs on the legs. Like you couldn't see above the ankle, but it was very clear. These were like the green hospital scrubs. Right.
1: I assumed that it was an escaped mental patient Mm -hmm. or somebody from a jail or something.
0: I get a strong like uh, Michael Myers vibe from that.
1: Exactly. Yes. And this movie does have a very strong Michael Myers vibe running through it. Mm-hmm. Did you also notice that there were Christmas lights on the ground?
0: Yeah. In multiple places. This, Like we said, this town is holly jolly.
1: Oh my God. Just like running through the grass. Christmas lights.
0: How do you mow that lawn? Because there's no snow. This is a warmer climate we're in.
1: Yeah. They don't ever explain that, right? I got nothing. So then you see some really shaky ass camera work which gave me a little bit of a headache the bare feet pick up some clippers some hedge clippers and then we move inside the house where there's a woman and a small child sleeping
0: every single christmas light on in the house they're wasting money just to make a point that it's christmas
1: how are they how are they sleeping all the lights were flashing they were super bright it and i wrote it looks like times square it was so bright
0: and yet and we'll get to it. I'm not jump. I'm only jumping ahead for a second. The bathroom is the darkest
1: place on earth. Oh, I have that. Okay, in here too.
0: This house makes no sense.
1: So then the kid wakes up. The kid is what, like seven? Yeah. Get yeah. Dig. Here's a noise. He gets out of bed and he hears knocking on the door.
0: He's wearing a glorious "Stay Jolly, My Friend, Santa" T-shirt. It right, made me happy.
1: Yeah, everyone's real into the Christmas spirit here. Mm-hmm. So this kid looks out the door to see who's knocking, and creepy Santa peeks around and and waves like Hoo-tool-doo.
0: It's Like that fish meme that's like peeking around the corner. The
1: business fish.
0: <laughs> yeah, business fish. Kid <laughs> gets excited, yeah. not correctly terrified.
1: I don't understand this. So it shows the kid unlocking the door, and then the mom sits up in bed suddenly, like Oh, ah." Oh. Like she just wakes up and she gets out of bed and she's looking for her kid for a second and sees the door is open and goes, oh, "Where are you?" Uh, shuts the door. Doesn't give a shit that the door is open and her kid is gone. Doesn't care at all. And then she sees the kid sleeping on the couch. She goes, "Oh, you did a shit." And I'm like, what? "Why did you call him a bad name? You don't even care if he's missing."
0: I wrote that too. I'm like, "Oh, he's sleeping in your home at night when he's supposed to be asleep. What did he do wrong?"
1: Yeah. I would be so excited if I saw my kid sleeping there after seeing my kid being missing and the door wide open.
0: This does bring up an interesting point. So when she's calling him a little shit, people in this movie respond either 100,000% to things or 0% to things. There's no nuance. There's no in between.
1: No, no. They're either yelling at something or just not responding at all.
0: They're either hard boy screaming. <laughs> Or if we've released it, we may or may not have ghost shark emoting.
1: (laughs) We're not releasing that.
0: So she goes to take a shower.
1: Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm pretty sure that this is supposed to be taking place probably at like 4 p.m.-ish. And I'm only saying that because later in the movie, another character goes shopping for a couple hours and then comes back to help somebody with something at a time. It has to be a reasonable time that she comes back.
0: I guess. I will say, you know, in the winter, it gets dark early. We'll place this at early evening. Yeah. So she then goes to take a shower after yelling at her kid.
1: As she's walking to go into the shower, you see creepy Santa standing in the corner. Oh, that
0: was a good shot.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of shots that are really good of the Santa being a creep.
0: Yeah, I really like the Santa costume. Yeah.
1: It's very sinister.
0: The cinematography in this has some really good moments. Some awful moments, but there's a couple really good shots with him creeping.
1: The problem with this movie is the acting, period. The acting, the script, everything else is like pretty good. The sets are nice.
0: The the effects are good. The music's done well.
1: The lighting is real bad. And I'm not talking about the Christmas lights. I'm talking about the lighting of the human beings.
0: Makeup isn't great.
1: If you have good lighting, the makeup doesn't really matter as much.
0: I really liked that shot of the Santa in the hallway. She doesn't notice it, obviously.
1: So then we get the darkest shower ever. Like showering in the dark.
0: And we find later on that the toilet seat is shut and there's two lit candles sitting on it on the top of the toilet lid that she never lights. So they just have been burning.
1: Well, and that's the only light source, I think. They
0: just leave candles burning random places.
1: I love a good like tub with candles, low light, but not no light.
0: And not on top of the toilet seat where you'd have to move the burning candles to take a dump
1: because I'm not taking a dump. I know when I have to go to the bathroom. So I'll just put some candles on the toilet, and I'll just use another bathroom.
0: That sounds like a life I wish I lived.
1: (laughs) What, knowing when I have to go to the bathroom? Exactly.
0: So she gets in the shower. It has that feel of kind of like a psycho scene.
1: Right, something's coming.
0: Through the shower curtain.
1: Then a man, I'm assuming is her boyfriend, husband, somebody, opens the shower curtain in like a jump scare moment. There are a lot of them, and
0: Some of them got me, and I was mad at this movie because I was like, fuck you, scaring me with that cheap shit.
1: Well, I was going to say, none of them were successful for me.
0: The cat startled the shit out of me.
1: Which cat, Ian? There were like four cat jump scares. I wrote that down, too. The
0: sliding glass door cat.
1: Yes, I remember that one. That one made me laugh. So (laughs) the man opens the shower curtain, and I wrote, he says something in a very poorly acted way.
0: Oh, I have all the dialogue written. Oh, I know you do. Oh, yeah. Because
1: you told me you were writing it down. So that's why I left it to you. And then I wrote, and then she responds in an equally bad acting choice. So I'm going to let you.
0: So I'm just going to give you the dialogue. I'm going to call it boyfriend and girlfriend to simplify it. Boyfriend goes, "Mm, mm, mm. looks like I got you all ready for me after ripping the curtain open and startling her. Without batting an eye, girlfriend goes, you don't get to see these until I get to see him. And you know I don't like to see him if he isn't happy. Uh, His dick is clearly what she's talking about.
1: Yeah, this whole exchange (laughs) creeped me the fuck out so hard. And she's like, you got to go make him happy. And he's like, oh, I'll make him happy. And I'm like, who are you talking about? I'm sure it's your penis, but it just sounds real weird. Like you have a guy in the other room. And it was even more cringy because, believe it or not, Ian's acting there was way better than both of those actors. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: I will collect my SAG card in the mail if I could.
1: Then we get a shot of the guy in the room <laughs> facing the wall, aggressively trying to get his dick hard. Dude,
0: he is, I don't know, he's in his 20s, 30s. I've never seen a 20 or 30 year old who needs to psych up his dick like this guy is having to.
1: He's having such a hard time. He's like, get hard, you gotta get hard. And his whole body is shaking and I was concerned for him. And he's like. More acting in that scene
0: to his dick where he's like, now, now,
1: get up, please. So listen, I had to pause at five minutes and 48 seconds because I was laughing so hard when he said, gonna moonwalk on that pussy.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yeah.
1: What does that even mean?
0: Gonna moonwalk on that pussy. If you don't know, if you don't know, you don't know.
1: It sounds like it hurts, frankly.
0: I'm going to quote Angelica from Rugrats. If you have to ask, you'll never know.
1: The next thing I have written down, so she opens the shower curtain and Santa's there. He fucking stabs her through the nipple.
0: And you see it. So like I said, you see the stab through.
1: Yeah, into the nipple and out the top of her boob. And I grabbed my boobs and was like, (gasps) oh. I had
0: to pause and rewind because I was like, there's no way. That just happened.
1: And then... And
0: she just like stares correctly, stares down at it like,
1: fuck. Yeah, she just kind of looks like, oh, did that just happen? Listen, I understand you were surprised by a strange man stabbing you. You don't just not respond. And that happens to almost every person in this movie. Then he stabs her in the eyes. He has hedge clippers.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. he So... One clipper through the boob, I thought he was going to go for like a squeeze and have like a really graphic shot. No, they get a different graphic shot. Step.
1: Oh, it's incredibly graphic.
0: Yeah. Oh, aggressively graphic.
1: We don't have to like go into a ton of detail. Listen, there's blood squirting everywhere. There's wounds everywhere. It's mostly just blood. There's a lot of blood.
0: 80% of this movie's budget went to blood and Christmas decorations.
1: Oh, and it's fake ass blood.
0: Oh, yeah. It's that like liquid. This isn't even like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Then, close-up. Whenever someone gets murdered in this movie, they get murdered, and then there's a zoom-in close-up on their bloody, dead corpse.
0: So this Santa, one thing he does is he always goes for a one-two punch. He hits you with like, that first attack that stuns you to get that close-up, and then he goes in with like the, finish him, extra gore.
1: Yeah, the first attack is pretty much always a ton of gore.
0: And usually enough to be very fatal.
1: Right. So then we get our next kill almost immediately. We go right to the bedroom where the boyfriend is facing the wall, holding his dick,
0: psyching up his dick.
1: So he turns around. He's like, yeah, here I am. And then he opens his eyes and Santa's standing there and reaches down and chops off his dick with the hedge clippers. And you hear the thump on the floor and then you see the bloody dick
0: oh yeah, bloody stump of a dick.
1: And the guy doesn't react. He just stands there like, uh
0: jaw dropped for a second. And then the blood starts squirting. Like there's a
1: delay. Well, I mean, that's probably not too far off. But the fact that the guy just stood there and didn't respond and like looked down and sees his dick and then looks back up and then goes, <sighs> and then it's
0: almost like someone off screen had to be like, hey, hey guy, y- you got to yell now.
1: Yeah. Uh You're supposed to be upset. Someone chopped off your dick dick
0: what's well, my motivation you have no dick anymore so then we get a hard cut we don't get a finishing blow but i'm assuming that guy didn't make it
1: we may have and i just didn't write it down and don't
0: No, we didn't i was i actually wrote down like did he die
1: so then we cut to music over a car ride and it's a horrific rendition of up on the house top with the weirdest lyrics
0: okay it's not just me i for a moment was like did i just forget the lyrics to this
1: He's talking about, like, punching people and... They
0: like his big red sack and... Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's with the awful music in the movies that we watch, Ian. I mean, this is on you.
0: I don't have a good answer to that, other than to say, you're welcome.
1: So in this opening scene, there's a person in a car. This is obviously our main character... It's just a lot of gratuitous driving looking at Christmas lights and the same exact shot of her looking at the lights over and over again.
0: Yeah, that opening driving sequence couldn't take longer. If it, it They they were very proud of the lyrics to this song and they wanted to play the whole thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just like in Bloody Bill where they had to showcase the music. Mm-hmm. It was very important to somebody's friend.
0: Just a note, sometimes a. Snow West West for the shortest yeah. credit sequence we've had so far.
1: They haven't seen that yet. You'll see that next. It's a fun one. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Remember, this is a special one that we just randomly are filming.
0: Spoilers. So she pulls up to a house and she gets out of the car and there's a middle-aged lady across the street with a police officer talking to her outside her house.
1: And the lady looks away from the cop and looks at our main girl with this face like, Oh my God. And it's like waving and the girl's just kind of looking at her like, oh, okay. And waves back. Yeah. Kind of hesitantly. A little weird. Then our main girl, which is what I'm going to call her.
0: Her name's Rachel. We're about to find out.
1: We find out 11 minutes and 16 seconds that her name is Rachel. So there we go. So she walks into this house where she is greeted by an entire church choir. It sounds like mm. it's just the loudest Christmas music I've ever heard and puts a present under the tree that says mommy on the deck.
0: A raggedy wrapped present, too. Try a little harder. Yeah. I'm not good at wrapping, but even I noticed that.
1: So listen. In Rolls, her grandma, who is dressed in what looks to be Ron Weasley's dress robes? Rolls is the right word. Yeah, well, because she's in a wheelchair. She has this long, straight white hair. Her robe is this red and white, ruffly monstrosity. She has the pottiest potty mouth, and I love her.
0: Dude, Grandma's the best character in this movie, and it's not even close.
1: She's not a very good actress, but she's hysterical.
0: Yeah, she kills it.
1: Yeah. Oh, so she calls Rachel a little bit creepy for leaving presents for her mom, who apparently has been gone for a very long time.
0: Yeah, we don't know anything. I wrote, she's dead, and that's the, the vibe I got.
1: So I got the vibe that they didn't know because she was putting the present under the tree in hopes that she would come back, which we find out later is pretty much the case that she's hoping her mom disappeared is basically what happens. Oh, right here. I wrote, oh my God, please tell me her mom is Santa.
0: I would have been okay with that. I would have been more okay with that. So then she tells her grandma, hey, I got to run out real quick, do some errands. Grandma then goes, it's okay. I got a huge bridge tournament tonight knocks back some whiskey, and I was like, hold on.
1: She says, I'm gonna kick its hairy ass. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna kick its hairy ass. Oh, I love this
0: grandma. She's great.
1: She's dropping F-bombs. She's very feisty. She's doing shots. And then Rachel
0: starts opening a letter before she leaves, and it's from that lady we just saw across the street Mm -hmm. asking her to help decorate her home. And I'm gonna read you the conversation she had with her grandma. Rachel goes, oh, she's asking if I'll come help her decorate her home. Grandma, who does shit like that? Rachel, she's offering to pay. Grandma, fuck her.
1: (laughs) And here we get an introduction to one of the main storylines is that the lady across the street, Rachel makes a comment. Well, you know what happened to her daughter? Mm."
0: Grandma's pretty much like, nosy bitch, mind your own business.
1: Right. One of the things that we do get in this scene is Rachel says she's going shopping with her friends, Gia and Sarah. And I said, great, we get their names before we get her name.
0: Yeah, It's funny, I missed that. And I wrote continuously about my notes, how annoyed I was that I only called them friend one and friend two.
1: Well, it's okay because I didn't remember Sarah's name. So I just wrote girl.
0: When they show up, we'll call them friend one and friend two.
1: They don't deserve more than that. Yeah,
0: The blonde's going to be friend one, the brunette's friend two.
1: Yeah, they're, they're bad. So then Rachel leaves, and as she's leaving, she sees the neighbor lady across the street. Mrs.
0: G. I called her. Oh, Garrett. Garrett.
1: Yeah. Mrs. Garrett. That's right, because it's the name of um, the lady. Remember that show with Mrs. Garrett? And she ran the house with all the girls who used to wear the uniforms. Uh, It's an oldie. Yeah, whatever. I
0: called her Miss G in all my notes.
1: I, I did, too. So she is fumbling with one of her eight million Christmas decorations. It's a
0: giant Santa Claus yeah. mannequin.
1: Rachel runs over to help and she's kind of like guilted into helping the neighbor because the neighbor starts talking about her daughter, Jamie. And she's saying, do you remember my daughter, Jamie? And apparently her daughter had some disease and Cohen's disease. Bowen's disease couldn't go out to play. And then her daughter was taken from her so listen here i wrote i don't think that means she's dead because the way she said taken made it seem like somebody took her i wrote here does that mean the state took her is she santa
0: i got the same vibe from that i was like all right there's like an 80 percent chance this kid's showing up in this movie and probably like a 50 percent chance the mom shows up so at this point i'm open to anything i was like where are we going
1: oh fuck yeah At this point in the movie, I had my fingers crossed for one of the two to be Santa. So then she says to Rachel, I remember your mother. I didn't really know her. She was so beautiful. And Rachel says, do I look like my mother? And Mrs. G just didn't respond.
0: The the old cold shoulder.
1: She's not ugly, but it's just funny that she's like, do you think I look like my mother? And she's like, would you like to come inside for a drink? And my thought was, oh, you just called her ugly.
0: She offers to come back. She has to do some shopping. And Miss G's like, you'd come back for me? She's like, yeah, sure. So Rachel heads off to, to go shopping with her friends. So then we get this scene with a random dog who someone's yelling after Sugarball who walks behind a fence. And then we hear some, like, violence noises.
1: So somebody killed the dog and it was very upsetting. You don't see it, thank God.
0: Oh, that the movie can't throw any more things on me. It's already losing points later on.
1: Right, so then Sugar Balls' owner with her hair curlers and everything goes around the corner. And Santa apparently has upgraded to a machete right here.
0: This is the only time he doesn't use the cutters, yeah.
1: Right. So he chops her a couple times. Holy blood. We don't need
0: more description than that. Nothing impressive.
1: So then we go into Miss Garrett's house. Via Evil Dead spirit camera. Uh, She's not well, to put it lightly.
0: No, and it's worth taking a minute to explain this.
1: We get her arguing with and yelling at a fake Santa mannequin.
0: Which there are many of in her house.
1: There's like 10 Santa mannequins and there's about 50 other mannequins. And then there's a single female mannequin with long black hair dressed in this beautiful red sparkly dress and high heel red shoes sort of up on a pedestal. And so Mrs. Garrett has these voices in her head. And if you have the captions on, you can read them. And it's basically men's voices talking at her and like women's voices talking and then her yelling. So basically from here we get, she has some serious sexual trauma and she also really hates men.
0: Mm-hmm. So at this point, I thought this movie was going to go into like an interesting psychological look at this lady, and I was like, oh, she's going to be Santa. This is kind of going to be her justification for it.
1: I never got the vibe that there would be an interesting psychological dive into anyone. Maybe that was my
0: <laughs> all right. Maybe that was my hope <laughs> more than my rationale.
1: This is where we get her yelling at the Santa, basically as a husband sort of figure, talking about how men are disgusting pigs and they're worthless and whatever. So here we're getting this little taste of I don't even know what yet.
0: I wrote at this point, what story is this movie trying to tell? Because there's like nine different plot lines it could go off of.
1: Yeah, it's definitely strange. So here's where we get a shot of this mannequin that's dressed in the red dress with the black hair. It looks like Rachel, our lead character to me. That's what it looked like.
0: 100% what I thought in that moment,
1: too. And so then I wrote, oh, is this Mrs. G's daughter? Because she's talking to it, and I said, was her daughter even real ever?
0: I would have liked that story.
1: Right. As you just said, there are so many different ways this movie could have gone, and any of them were probably better than what we wound up with, let's be honest. Then we cut to Rachel meeting up with her friends. The blonde is probably the worst actress I've ever seen, unfortunately.
0: Ooh, I think this is friend one. Friend one and friend two are close.
1: They're not great friend one is much worse than friend two
0: friend one i thought might have been just like drunk the whole
1: filming you know what i actually wrote down at one point and i don't mean this to be funny at no, all i was not th- a joke. i think that she is in some way impaired substances of some kind were involved that's what i was getting from her face and her performance and her performance
0: so when they get in the car this is where and we kind of talked about it earlier This is some of the worst makeup I've seen in a movie. It looks just like caked on and layered. So I guess that to your point is the lighting.
1: So this is exactly where I wrote. The lighting looks like it was filled by ABC News. It's super (laughs) harsh. Not a sponsor. Right. It's very bright. And these women are not unattractive women. No. It just accentuates all the makeup they have on. And you can see everything. And listen. As a person who wears makeup, any person who wears makeup, we don't want you to know that we're wearing makeup, okay? And so if you're shining a harsh light on us, we do not want you to be videotaping or taking pictures of us.
0: It reminded me of like the light in my freshman dorm, which was like one of those industrial lights over the sink where you look at it and you're like,
1: oh, God. It was almost halogen-like. Then her friends take her out and surprise her. With this boy that she had been dating and he has like a flower or some shit. And he's like, don't be mad at them. I told them to do it.
0: Okay, I just want to make a note. Sam delivered that line with more nuance and feeling than any line this guy delivered in the movie.
1: Oh, he was like a piece of cardboard.
0: I I don't
1: even know. So his name was Cody, which I think they said about four times before I actually remembered it. He's sort of like Anne Veal from Arrested Development. You're just like, oh, egg?
0: All of a sudden, you're going to forget about him. He's going to show up every now and again.
1: And you're going to be like, oh, I didn't see you there.
0: Rachel's clearly mad that their friend surprised him with boyfriend.
1: Well, listen, I think she's written as being mad, but her facial choices didn't really belie that.
0: Oh, you mean looking to the side and then looking back to the camera?
1: (laughs) Yeah. At 17 minutes, we cut to a couple dressed in sexy Santa outfits. They're jumping around on a bed.
0: They're dressed in, like, sexy Santa costumes.
1: So the guy says to the girl, close your eyes and open your mouth. I got a package to deliver. Almost exactly in the way I just said that.
0: I wrote classy.
1: Yeah. There's aggressively loud smooching sounds, which always grosses me out, like... (sniffs) (sniffs) Sorry. (laughs) Go on um so then the guy says something like she's like oh do you want to do something risky he's like i thought we were risky doing it in your parents house when they're out and i'm like hold up if you're at your parents house and they go out you're gonna get in full-on sexy outfits and get chained up are you serious
0: yeah isn't that what you do
1: no you bang real quick before they come home it just seems very silly
0: So the whole point of this scene, her asking him, is to get him stuck in handcuffs on the bed, to which the only thing I thought of note was she goes, we should have a safe word. And he goes, how about jingle balls?
1: Not to mention all of the Christmas lights everywhere.
0: All right. So she handcuffs him up. She walks out to go get a surprise. The second she leaves the room, he goes, fucking bitch.
1: Right. Also, he's the worst male actor I've ever seen. I actually was cringing when he was talking. And I felt bad watching because I knew there was no way that he wanted to be in this movie.
0: It seems like he's a friend of somebody and like, dude, you have abs. We need you in this scene with your abs.
1: Can you wear these sexy Santa man underpants and lay in a bed with a lady's boobs? Sure. Why not? So then the girl leaves the room and on her way to the kitchen... She finds hedge clippers in the bathroom, I think.
0: They were just loose.
1: So then she goes into the refrigerator and she's pulling one thing at a time out and putting it on the counter next to the hedge clippers. And it's obvious that one of the times when she's going to turn around, the clippers are going to be gone.
0: Did you see why she was pulling those things out? Because she says, I'm going to go to get your surprise.
1: Right. It's a cucumber, peanut butter, and it's jelly.
0: No, it's pickles and butter.
1: No, she definitely pulled out peanut butter.
0: It's cucumber, peanut butter, pickles, and a stick of butter.
1: Oh, I thought that the pickles were jelly. And I was thinking, that's really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Some peanut butter and jelly on your dick. (laughs) (laughs) So then when she turns around, the clippers are gone. She kind of looks around a little bit and then Santa stab.
0: Well, and the cut is like, they do this a couple times, insanely close on his eyes, which are as wide as possible behind the mask.
1: We're back in the bedroom with the boy tied to the bed. And we get a little bear on a bike, just like Saw. And then Santa pops up. And the guy just is not worried at all. It's like, oh, he thinks it's his girlfriend. The six-foot-tall, giant person in a Santa suit is his tiny little girlfriend. Yeah. Your surprise
0: is, I'm going to go and have this crazy operation and change my entire body, bloody pill style. That's exactly what it was. It was like Mandy oh, in Bloody Bill who couldn't mm-hmm. tell it wasn't Earl.
1: <laughs> so then Santa pulls out the clippers, jingle, you know, the guys are chilling jingle, jingle balls, and jingle then he balls. gets chopped
0: And they show the dick again.
1: I didn't even write that part down because, gross. So, oh no, I did write This Santa hates dicks.
0: You know what doesn't hate the dick? The family cat that came in and started eating it off the floor. Wait, how did I miss that? You missed that. So we hit the floor and the family cat comes in and starts eating it while he's
1: screaming on the bed. Oh, I must have missed that. Oh, that's sad. So then we cut back to Rachel and she's talking to this guy that she ghosted, Cody. And that's pretty much all I wrote because it was so boring.
0: It's so forced. They're trying to create more of the mom backstory. Because Cody says, I won't leave you like your mother. And I'm like, first of all, bro, I don't feel like it's your place to have that conversation.
1: Yeah, that was pretty messed up. Yeah.
0: And she doesn't respond to it at all. Like, And then they just go on to the next scene.
1: Right. And then we go back to Mrs. G's house and there's like a fuzzy sort of scene where you can't really see what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's a woman walking. And then all of a sudden you see that it's the neighbor hallucinating and she's at a table with her girl mannequin and her Santa mannequin. And then she starts yelling at the Santa mannequin for making fun of her food. And she hates men.
0: She goes, you didn't even compliment me on how I look tonight.
1: Yeah, it's pretty silly. Then we're back to Rachel and her friends, and her friends are so bad at acting. And she says to her friends, well, to make it up to me for having Cody pop up randomly, you have to help me at Sydney's house. Yeah.
0: she's a job for you. And friend too, who's awful, goes, a job? Like work? I don't work.
1: Yeah. Listen, I ignored a lot of what they said because it was badly acted, badly written, dumb.
0: That's pretty accurate.
1: So then the neighbor opens the door for them because they're at her door and the neighbor calls them by their full names. Full names, yeah. Like first and last and says, I remember you playing out in the street or whatever. So the neighbor's leaving the house. She says she's going on a date. The one friend makes a really obnoxious joke about her not leaving the house in 15 years. And then the lady says something about hating men or whatever encourages them to drink her holiday eggnog. And I wrote, I'm afraid.
0: She goes, here's a to-do list of like decorate the, I think she literally says decorate the bathrooms a little and Mm -hmm. help with the stuff in the attic and drink my eggnog.
1: So then she's showing Rachel how to get into the attic and Rachel goes, oh, is that Jamie's room? Do you mind if I look? Are you kidding? Right? I wrote, why do you have the
0: balls to have that conversation?
1: Right. It's very presumptuous of her to just assume that that's okay. Then we get a flashback montage. Montage! We love these.
0: Not this one.
1: Yeah. We get a flashback montage to Mrs. Garrett's Munchausen by proxy syndrome. Mm -hmm. So we find out the kid is real. Because it's a moving little person. We don't see its face, but we see it like kind of moving around. And Mrs. Garrett's like, those children don't like you. They don't want to play with you. Blah, blah, blah. And then we see little... Um, Rachel. Rachel run up and leave a doll for Jamie, this, this girl. And Mrs. Garrett's like, they're naughty. They don't like you. Blah, blah, blah. And then we come out of the flashback and Mrs. Garrett says... Something to the effect of, I always was so positive around Jamie because positive reinforcement's so good for their mental health. And my whole body was like. <laughs> At that
0: point, Rachel goes, can I ask you what happened? And Miss G is like, that's a conversation for another time. I have to go. She leaves. The friends immediately start shitting on her, including friend number two, saying the line. And I quote, maybe she's just cuckoo for
1: Cocoa Puffs a lot of people say that, unfortunately. It's not nice. But So they find that all the windows are screwed shut. There's a giant pile of presents under the tree and the shitty friends are making fun of Mrs. Garrett for having them. And then this is when Rachel is sticking up for her because she just did that with her own mommy present. And she's saying, oh, don't you think it's nice to hope that maybe they'll come back or something? And
0: this is where friend two. Goes, oh, I know what really happened, and then we get this weird story about Krampus, and it. Oh, yeah, she starts makes no sense.
1: She says, "I know what really happened because this kid in my kindergarten class told me, and says that it was Krampus who came and whatever." And then she says, "Hold on, this might be my favorite line of the movie." Oh yeah, I had nightmares for days ever since. Nightmares for days ever since. For days ever since.
0: For days is a finite time. Ever since
1: is not. For days, ever since. There's no world where that makes sense. There's too many words in that sentence. So then we cut to a scene where a lady comes into a room and her significant other is in the shower. The window in the bedroom's open. She's like, eh, it's not like it's cold or anything. And then proceeds to start taking off her clothes. Yeah,
0: she's barely wearing any as it is.
1: And so this gives you a good insight into this movie. She lays on the bed and she opens a book called Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. I paused so I could see it, and then I Googled it. And it's a 1981 slasher book, which was turned into a slasher exploitation movie back in the day. When I saw that, I was like, oh, all this makes sense now. It's a love letter to those types of movies.
0: Please feel free to send us a copy, anyone, (laughs) of
1: that book. I would love to read that. No, you wouldn't. It's like this movie, but a book. It's a book about a boy who comes home to find that his aunt, who has raised him, murdered the TV repairman and says that he tried to rape her. But it turns out she was just aggressively coming on to the guy and he didn't want her, so she murdered him. A police officer gets involved and he finds out that the murdered guy was gay and he was in a relationship with the coach of the kid and he accuses them all of being gay.
0: I take it back. Don't send me this book. I do that. I'm good.
1: A ton of murder and slashery gore in the book and in the movie. Mm, I'm good. Lots of sex, all that fun stuff.
0: So she's laying on the bed and she's yelling continually great dialogue from this film. Her partner's in the shower and she's going, babe, are you going to be feeling frisky when you get out of the shower? Because once I start reading.
1: Yeah. And then later, when her partner gets out of the shower, she's yelling the same thing. Yeah. You ready to get frisky? Are you ready to get frisky? Yeah. Like, Who the fuck says that? These are young women, by the way. It's not like they're 80. She's in the shower.
0: And the other partner, she goes, babe, you're totally missing out on this shower. It's really warm and I'm really wet. All right. We get the, we get it.
1: We get it. All right. So before all of that. So the woman's laying on the bed. The bed starts shaking and she like doesn't care.
0: Oh, she, she plays it off completely the first, like, throwing her around, shaking.
1: Yeah. No big
0: deal. I'm getting back to my book.
1: And she's like, oh, I'm just going to keep reading my story.
0: What kind of house do you live in where supernatural-level shaking of the bed is not a big deal?
1: Right. Then the bed starts shaking again. She sits up, finally a little bit disturbed. And then a knife comes up through the bottom. Yeah. And she stays on the fucking bed. I couldn't believe it. She. Do- Doesn't move. Your
0: assailant is under the bed. It's going to take him time to get out. Just run the fuck out of there. Yeah. This scene stressed me out.
1: Listen, I said it to you because I was watching the end of the movie when you were in the next room, and I yelled to you. I'm I'm trying really hard to not yell at the screen. Yeah. So she crawls to the edge of the bed to look over, Uh and I'm like, bitch, no. And a knife pops up through the bed, and all she does is just breathe heavy and fucking stay there. She's like...
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. And they were like show showing her hands like the camera was showing her hands like you're looking from her face, like moving slowly. I was getting so stressed out. I'm like, this movie shows so much. It's going to stab right through her hand, isn't it? Isn't it? it? It didn't, but it stressed me out.
1: So then I wrote, well, Santa has a hairy fucking arm because <laughs> his hand shoots out from under the bed and drags her under the bed. When
0: she finally tries to jump off. And by jumping
1: off, I mean puts her foot right next to the
0: bed instead of leaping away from it to avoid this. So
1: then we see who her significant other is because there's just a close-up on her boob. The only boobs in the movie that we see. Listen, boobs aren't my thing. I have them. So, you know, I don't always pay attention where they are. (laughs) Um, So what's with the crazy Christmas showers is what I wrote because this is another Christmas shower. She keeps asking, babe, you feeling frisky? Babe, you feeling frisky? Please never ask me that.
0: I don't think I have, and I'm not planning on starting.
1: Because frisky in my head applies to small dogs, right? Like frisky little dogs, like a little frisky puppy. Yeah. Not for the sexy times. So she comes out of the bathroom, finds her dead girlfriend. Santa pops up. She just starts screaming sort of unconvincingly. She yells, Mandy! Yeah, runs back into the bathroom, slams the door. So then Santa is feeling the door.
0: I love that.
1: Like feeling for her heartbeat? What?
0: And I was like, I gotta, I, I gotta find the grain.
1: It was like he has magic Santa powers and can feel where her heart is because he stabs through the door, through her heart. And then as she slides down to the floor, he stabs again and stabs her in the head. Yep. There's just blood everywhere.
0: And then the most hilarious shot.
1: He steals their vibrator because they don't have dicks.
0: And as he's doing it, there's a voiceover from one of the friends of the house going, have you ever had a strange collection before?
1: <laughs> So then the friends are talking about collections, and the one stupid friend says, only boring people collect things. What?
0: I wrote that quote down.
1: And also, every person on this planet collects something, whether you realize it or not.
0: To which her friend actually proves that point when she goes to her, what about your collection of Beanie Babies and STDs? And I actually like high-fived. I was like, you're not a good actress. You didn't deliver it well, but nice burn.
1: It's one of those stupid 90s frat boy movies lines. Mm -hmm. So then Gia, the friend whose name I remember, the blonde one, she decides she wants to try on the mannequin dress. And the other friend, the brown haired one, Sarah, she leaves to go get wine.
0: At a shop and stop, which made me laugh very hard because up there in the Northeast, stop and shop is a a well-known grocery chain. To be fair, I think she was playing the role of everyone watching this film going at this point, I need a fucking drink. Yeah.
1: So then Rachel goes to get boxes from the attic while Gia's is trying on the dress. She finds something scary. I couldn't tell by her face. Because her face, she like bit her lip and, and was like, oh. And then she goes downstairs.
0: I got nothing on that scene. Other than like the attic is just like the climb up ladder to the top of a bunk bed. It's weird.
1: So she goes downstairs. G is in the red mannequin dress and shoes,
0: wanting her friend to take a photo and put it on Facebook. And I thought that was going to be like, oh, is Miss G going to see it on Facebook and get pissed? I don't know. This movie, less is more, man.
1: Do you think Mrs. Garrett has a Facebook? Fair. So then Rachel comes over to her and says, look at this picture of Mrs. Garrett. And her friend's like, yeah, she's a nurse. So what? And she goes, look who's next to her. It's my mother. And I'm like, oh, that's why you were making that face?
0: I was like, oh, another plot line we're going to try.
1: <laughs> so then she's like, Mrs. Garrett lied. She knew my mother, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. We, we see that there's something amiss here as if you couldn't tell.
0: Well, then she calls her grandma right away to ask about it. Oh, my God. Hold on.
1: <laughs> she calls her grandma who's drinking Southern Comfort out of a tumbler and listening to aggressive choir music.
0: Clearly missed her huge bridge tournament,
1: or she already kicked its hairy ass.
0: Or she kicked its hairy ass. You're right.
1: She's asking her grandma how Mrs. Garrett and her mom knew each other, and her grandma won't answer. So Rachel hangs up on her.
0: Her grandma's like, "Where are you? Where are you?" And Rachel's like, "Nope."
1: No, she says, "I'm." Oh no, she doesn't. She leaves that on she the does. message. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Rachel decides to sneak around Mrs. Garrett's room. This made me laugh so hard. She pulls back the sheets, or she pulls back the blanket on oh Mrs. God. Garrett's bed, and there is a male mannequin with a Santa hat and beard.
0: Nothing else.
1: Nothing else, except for red lipstick prints all over its body. All, all over.
0: Yeah, I I thought that was funny.
1: It was so funny.
0: Miss Garrett gets freaky with her mannequin.
1: And then there's a picture of her dressed as Mrs. Claus on the nightstand with a Santa Claus. That was good. It was pretty funny. And so they find a locked room in that room and say, oh, we need the key.
0: So the thing that made me laugh in the scene. So they're like looking around everything and Rachel picks the Santa hat up off the bed and puts it back on the Santa's head.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So weird. This movie. (sighs) So we go back to the grandma's house. She's getting a box out of the closet. It's a letter to Rachel's mom. Then the grandma hears a noise and she rolls back out to the living room. Again, she is in a wheelchair, which is why I say she rolls. Also, this house is not wheelchair-friendly.
0: I don't think Graham gives a fuck.
1: Real tight corners, some bumpy ledges on the floor. She sees that the sliding glass door is open. And then the scene that frightened Ian, a cat jumps in the door, jump scare.
0: It was a jump scare. It got me. Yeah.
1: Hey, it's, it's all right. Then Santa pops up, ties Grandma up with Christmas lights. He rolls her outside. Her screaming didn't match the level of emotion that one would have if they were tied up by Santa Claus with Christmas lights and being frighteningly hurtled out of a screen last door. And then
0: down a driveway.
1: Right. And then...
0: <laughs> Our hot rod moment.
1: This is what you meant. Yes, okay.
0: I heard you watching it.
1: Tossed <laughs> off a cliff. Uh, launched off launched. a Launched off a cliff my
0: favorite shot of the entire oh film.
1: my god i yelled something out loud and then i wrote bye bye grandma weasley oh oh it was good chief listen first of all it was a like ragdoll takeoff off off a right. cliff it was a rag doll in a wheelchair yeah flung
0: i'm pretty sure it was andy sandberg
1: it was hysterical i loved it it was so stupid and so funny I just have to say that later we see her body back in the house. There's a situation. We see her body. She doesn't look like she was launched off a cliff. She just had some blood on her. She's tough broad, even in death. So then Rachel's calling and leaves a voicemail and says that she's at Mrs. Garrett's house. And then Santa's listening. And then he kills the cat.
0: I'm a cat guy. You know that. I did not like that. There's nothing necessary about it.
1: There's nothing necessary about killing the animals at all, period. It just is stupid. Not that there's anything necessary about killing all the people. but
0: Rachel heads home to check on Grandma. She finds a box with the letter to her mom at the house. Back at the Santa neighbor house, friend two returns with the wine. She catches a glimpse of our Santa, thinks it's the friends playing a trick on her. So she goes, I'm coming for you, and follows him behind the house.
1: Yeah, The only thing I had to add was when Rachel left to check on her grandma, she left her friend Gia in the house, the girl in the mannequin dress. Yeah. And she looks up and sees over the door that there's a spot where you could put a padlock on to keep the front door from being opened from the inside. That's the only thing I would add, um, because it does come back into play later, obviously.
0: Yeah. So we go back to friend to Sarah following Santa outside. We get a um, stupid mannequin jump on, scare.
1: Hold on. Why the fuck would you follow some creepy-ass person oh. dressed the Santa Claus in the middle of the night?
0: I wrote dumb. Even if it's my friends playing a trick on me, I'm gonna go inside and drink my wine. Y'all can play a trick outside yeah. being stupid. Well,
1: uh, no. Never. Yeah. Never follow a Santa into a dark alley. Ever.
0: Oh, and it's like this: you go beside the house and it's a dark, creepy alley. It's not just like in the yard.
1: Yeah, it's a dark alley. It's
0: like barred up windows and
1: and then it turns into a full-on forest, apparently.
0: Yeah, all right. There's no logic in this. But we get a mannequin jump scare, and then Santa attacks her.
1: No, hold on. Before the mannequin jump scare, mm-hmm. there's another cat jump scare. I it down.
0: <laughs> this movie's just trying to come at me at this point, <laughs> and I was I was not cool.
1: Um. So then Santa pops up. So, okay, hold on. So the mannequin jump scare is a mannequin hanging from a noose that comes down from the side of the house oh, I knows like, where she has no reaction. She's just like, Oh, that's American. Yeah. And then Santa pops out and she runs and does the most logical thing, picks up a big ass tree branch or something. Yeah. And just starts beating the shit out of Santa. Yeah.
0: I, all right. So the two friends at least fight. Right. I'll give them that. Absolutely. So then
1: she hides in the woods successfully. It seems right. I don't understand why she came out. So she comes out because she sees her friend in the red dress through the window. Yeah, in the house. She's running from Santa in this forest, it seems. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, she's just in some bushes by the house.
0: After hitting him with a rake, it seems like she's disoriented and he doesn't quite know where she is. So hidden, she's
1: safe at the moment. Right. So then she runs toward the window toward her friend. And so we see we're inside the house now looking out and we see her running toward the window. And then all of a sudden, Santa flies by snowy style, (laughs) which you guys will understand when that comes out, flings by and just grabs her right
0: in front of the window. Oh, that was pretty good. The logic on the lady's part was dumb, but I enjoyed the grab and then dead.
1: Well, first, he chops her fingers off and then whatever. But I wrote, this is the first time I wrote this because I say it a few times. I don't know why I wrote this, but after I wrote it, I realized it made sense. I wrote, she's poop screaming. <laughs> 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 because it sounds like she's trying really hard to take a poop and screaming like.
0: It's poop scream.
1: I don't know if that's like an appropriate way to to say that, but it comes back later in my notes. Poop screaming. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Then we get Cody, the boyfriend, calls Rachel, and I wrote, fails to deliver any of his lines with feelings.
1: Yeah, so it turns out that Rachel's reading letters that say her mom was having an affair with a married man. Turns out to be Mrs. Garrett's husband.
0: What?
1: Yeah. Her voice looks super dubbed in these scenes. Like, maybe it's not her voice.
0: Yeah. I wrote, duh, city, by the way, in my notes when that was revealed.
1: And... (laughs) I wrote that this boy who's at this point, I still couldn't remember his name. This boy is like a wooden spoon with hair. (laughs) (laughs) He just is just a wooden spoon.
0: Sorry, man. You know it. We know it. It's not a good performance. It is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Then we cut back to the friend in the dress. She goes outside calling for Sarah and we see Santa sneak into the house while she's outside. She does grab the wine bottle though. She goes back in, sits down. We have a great, so this is another one of those good shots. She's sitting on the couch with the wine.
1: Right. So hold on. First of all, she's still in the prom dress.
0: Oh yeah. She's all, she's all in on that dress.
1: So she found the wine. Cause I thought that the wine was just sitting on the floor inside the house. And she goes, Oh, thanks Sarah.
0: No. Cause the friend never got in the house.
1: I know that. I thought Santa brought it in. Yeah, you know, that's possible. Cause I wrote, is that from Santa? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mystery wine. Interesting.
1: Not afraid of the random wine. And why is no one afraid in this movie until they lose a body part?
0: She sits down on the couch and we have a nice shot of like, there's a bunch of the mannequins in the entryway and she kind of walks by them with the wine and sits down. And as she's opening it, one of them stands up and it's saying it's those distant shots of him are good. Those are good because they're very creepy. So I wrote at this point, I was like, wait a sec. So that's the mother's missing taken daughter's outfit. Is it going to save her from Santa or something? You know, I was like, oh, no, no. the, The outfit has no magical power.
1: So she's not nervous about any of the things that have happened up until this point. And then all of a sudden she sits up like maybe she has a feeling and she seems like she's afraid. She looks very impaired. Yeah. Just walking slowly throughout the house. Santa's following behind her. Not immediately behind her, but behind her. And then she just randomly goes upstairs into this dark room. And then Santa strangle.
0: I was like, where is she going? Yeah.
1: Then she starts fighting back.
0: My favorite Santa shot of the movie. So she's in the dark room and you have her contrasted. So you see the lighting on her from the side and it's blackness behind. And he comes up to strangle her out of the darkness. I thought that was really good. The whole strangling part wasn't good, but the approach was good.
1: I have a hard time being too impressed by anything in this movie, I guess. Sorry.
0: So, like you said, she fights back. She So she cracks him in the head with a vase, and he, like, falls into, like, a doorway out of sight. And she just stands there holding the vase looking at it. Right. And then he comes back out, and there's a chase. I wrote, run, bitch.
1: So he obviously put a padlock on that front door.
0: Yep. Dude, the only one with sense in this movie is is Santa.
1: Yeah. So then it takes her a very long time to open a window. She just keeps opening it millimeter by millimeter. And somehow he's outside the window.
0: So he does some like movie teleporting in this yeah, chase. Absolutely.
1: And he grabs her through the window. I wrote more chasing, more slow walking, more whimpering.
0: Eventually she ends up in like a basement room or something. Her heel, she's wearing heels the whole time, gives out.
1: And all of a sudden he has the clippers again. Mm-hmm. Are they hidden down his pant leg? Like where does he keep finding them?
0: As we will learn, there's room. Oh. oh. Man.
1: So then he's just chopping aggressively at her neck with, yeah, the clippers, yeah. and there's a ton of squirty blood. I'm not going to really go into it's, that. It's a clipper kill. It, it's, it's what it is. Yeah. Then Rachel comes back. All the lights are off, except for the Christmas lights, of course. And she finds a flashlight right there by the entrance, conveniently.
0: I wrote, how is there a half hour left of this movie? I
1: can't even. Um, listen, this is the most disturbing part of the movie to me. She finds the bottle of wine mm-hmm. and a cup of eggnog next to it, picks up the eggnog and drinks it. Not in any situation do you drink the random unattended eggnog.
0: Especially after a very, at best, disconcerting invitation
1: to drink this eggnog from a creepy neighbor. Never drink the unattended nog. Never. No,
0: don't drink unattended drinks in general.
1: Especially the nog. Yeah. Gross. Could be anything in there. Then she finds her friend's cell phone on the floor. The boy calls her. I said they're opposite acting. She's overacting and he's underacting. So she's I can't find them. All, all. And he's like, oh my.
0: So when he calls, they show a shot of him with a computer. And I wrote, oh, God, has Cody been Googling? turns out he
1: has. He has. He's been Googling Mrs. Garrett's husband.
0: Cody's our exposition.
1: He is. Thank goodness for him, I guess.
0: He's performing with about the same level of intensity that exposition is.
1: He Googled Mrs. Garrett's husband, who's been at a state prison for 15 years, which I saw in the captions. You couldn't actually hear it is that's about the same amount of time that Jamie has been missing. I noticed that too. And then all of a sudden the phone call drops and the guy, the boy, his name is Cody, I wrote in parentheses. He grabs his jacket and runs out the door like, oh, I got to save her.
0: Did you mention next to the phone when she called it was the key?
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot to say that.
0: So there was the key clearly to that padlock we saw earlier sitting next to the phone.
1: Well, no, to the locked door in Mrs. Garrett's room specifically. Yeah.
0: Why she didn't think that it was a suspicious setup? I don't know.
1: So at 59 minutes, I wrote, why is it so long? Why? And like, can you see the scribbles right here? <laughs> it's just like, <sighs> um, I think at this point I yelled back to you. Why isn't it over yet?
0: You did. I think I yelled in response. You're welcome.
1: This is when we see Christmas lights on the actual stairs.
0: Okay. So for a little scale, when she goes to the room to unlock this door, the door itself is only like a cubby-sized door. It's not big. She goes through it. It's a giant hallway staircase.
1: So are the stairs going up or down? I Because think down. I thought they were down, right? I think down. They are down.
0: They're covered in Christmas lights.
1: Well, no, it's one strand. She's going down the stairs and gets in this room eventually. But later in the movie, it's upstairs. I got nothing. So here, Rachel finds this room that's filled with mannequins, and we get a shot of some scary sewing materials. I don't fucking know.
0: Yeah, I summed up this room as dolls, mannequins, tarps, scissors, sudden knocking, butcher's knife, naughty written on the wall, doll
1: in a cage. That's pretty much exactly what it was. And the doll in the cage had a little sign on it that said timeout. Here is where I wrote, someone found a bunch of mannequins on sale and just made a movie so they could use them, right?
0: So, piece of trivia about this movie I looked up, all of the mannequins and Christmas lights were bought from random flea markets. I believe that. Yep, so do I.
1: And I'll bet you anything, the set designer kept them all afterward.
0: I mean, why not? I would have. So, Miss Garrett's down here. I thought for a second we might find Jamie chained up down here.
1: I thought so, too. Yeah. I really did. We're wrong.
0: To be fair, this movie throws out so many things. And if you're a creative mind and you're like, ooh, what could what could this be? Ooh, this could be this. There's no way you're going to get it right.
1: So earlier, and it's going to get cut out so you guys will not have heard it, but Ian and I both guessed.
0: The reveal we're about to have.
1: Yeah, we, we guessed it. We did not guess the scope of this reveal and how disturbing it was going to be.
0: Yeah. So this is really hardcore where the warning we gave at the beginning of the movie applies.
1: It starts to get pretty horrific from here.
0: I am a little wordy. Sam, I'm going to let you take this whole scene.
1: So I didn't write down a lot because I think I was a little shocked. by it. So we get basically Mrs. Garrett's there and she says, Jamie has come home for the holidays, confirming that Santa is Jamie. Rachel looks unwell. We get a flash of her just kind of not looking like she's feeling well. I wrote eggnog kicking in. You can guess that the eggnog's doing its job. Mrs. Garrett reveals that her husband tried to kill Jamie because Jamie was born a boy and Mrs. Garrett really wanted a girl. And so when Jamie was born a boy, she was incredibly disappointed, to put it lightly. This part bothered me so much. So first of all, it bothered me on the level of it's awful. And then it also bothered me on the level of it's really fucking stupid that nobody noticed right away. So she said that once she brought the baby home, she fixed its little problem, implying that she chopped off her poor little baby's wiener.
0: There's so much wrong with this. Um,
1: Well, it explains the dicks, okay?
0: It explains the dicks. One of the things that really bothered me was in her quote, I read the whole thing, and I'm not going to read it, but she goes, Jamie was five years old when my husband found out.
1: That's what I'm saying. Insanity. How do you not know that your kid... Even if you weren't in the room, the doctors know what parts your child was born with. You signed the birth certificate. I don't understand that. It's just a stupid plot hole. It's awful. And it, and it just feeds into that whole like exploitation-type movie of doing something like this. Because the whole point, listen, the whole point of those exploitation-type movies were to make you have a visceral reaction. The rape, the murder, the mutilation, the abuse of everybody, was to get you to have the reaction that we are having. That's the point of those movies. It's a comment on societal norms, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole psychology behind it. It's actually really interesting. Not my thing, okay? This was totally unnecessary.
0: So words and language are so important in in culture in general. When it comes to talking about gender nowadays, the way – so the quote was when her when he found out the husband, he was so disgusted when he found out what Jamie was that he tried to kill her. Really pissed – I really hated that.
1: Well, because why would you try to kill Jamie? It's not Jamie's fault. His mom exactly. is very unwell.
0: The only way I can make this make sense in my head is this is the story that the mom spins and the way she says it to try to create her own point of view as she then kind of goes – I tricked the cops. It was easy to make them think he did it. I lied to them. It got him arrested. But then we find out that Jamie was taken away at the same time by the state. So you kind of were right early on for the last 15 years and he was in a mental asylum. Right.
1: I think you're giving the writers too much credit by saying that about the mom that, you know, this is a story that she spun in her head. I think this is the story that they wrote to try to be shocking. And to me, it didn't serve the story. It was a funny gag with the chopping off of all the dicks, and then we'll come to there's more dick jokes. But to me, it would have been a funnier gag if she didn't cut off her baby's fucking penis.
0: How is that the crux of the entire plot?
1: I don't know. I think it would have been better if maybe her kid lost its penis in a weird accident. Or Or was born without one. Right. I thought that she was going to say the baby was intersex, which is, you know, born with male and female DNA in such a way that it affects, like, some of your sexual organs. That's a very mild way of actually describing what intersex is. But. It's a, a conversation this movie doesn't deserve to have. <laughs> also, this is a horror comedy podcast, yeah. not a psychology podcast, so I'm not going to go there. But I felt like it was cheap and it was shitty. And it does a disservice to people who are trans, intersex, whatever. That's a thing that I'm super passionate about. And this sort of thing, to me, it's just shitty and stupid. Yeah, It's not even the language. It's the point. They could have done anything here, and this is what they chose to do.
0: I just wrote, to kind of finish it, ugh, so upset with
1: this story. All right, I will step off my soapbox. All that to say... This movie could have gone a different direction and I would have really liked it. I mean, not really liked it. I would have liked it. The gratuitous violence is like too much for me, which is funny from a person who only listens to and watches true crime anything. Uh, yeah, I just, it's not my thing.
0: The violence was fine for me. It didn't go like I spit on your grave level. It approached it. It got close. Yeah,
1: which is like I said, not my thing, but whatever. It can be fun and done in the right way. So then Jamie was taken away to an institution of some kind. And here we find out Rachel drank the nog. And Mrs. G just gets so excited. You drank my nog! And she starts singing. This is weird. And dancing.
0: Like hugging Rachel.
1: They're snuggling. And Rachel starts calling her mommy. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought maybe she was trying to trick her, but she wasn't. She's just high from the nog.
0: I'm going to say what you said to me. That would be giving this movie too much credit. Yeah.
1: So then all of a sudden, Rachel's like, you're not my mom. And turns around and sees her dead grandma and her friends all bloody and strung up on the walls. So then Rachel is about to pass out from whatever was in that eggnog. And she says, what did you do to my mother? Where's my mother? And Ian wrote down the quotes to this.
0: So Miss G leans into her and goes, you poor, poor dear. Your mother was a filthy whore. And so I buried that bitch out back in my garden.
1: Cold. So that was actually funny. That made me laugh. Yeah. She looks like a second grade teacher. I think this actress did an admirable job. No, she was good.
0: She really put her heart into that role and gave it everything she could.
1: I think it was at the beginning of my notes. I don't even know if I wrote it down, but I know I definitely thought it. When Rachel goes to her house at the very beginning, the first time to like help her before going inside, and I thought to myself, oh, this lady's actually a pretty good actor. She's probably going to be the best one in the movie, not realizing that she was going to be a main character at that point.
0: Funny segue from that then. In the research I did, this role was written for her specifically to play.
1: We'll have to look it up later. I wonder if it was written specifically for her because she is an actress who was in a lot of these type of movies back in the day, or something.
0: This is a good moment to get into this for a quick aside. So, this movie is actually based off a short film that the main girl Rachel and Miss G were both played roles in, called um, "Here Comes Santa," like five or six years prior.
1: Well, it was definitely a short film yeah. because it shouldn't have been, however long this was, an hour and twenty minutes.
0: So, that film, another random aside, Rachel's brother is the writer director of this movie. Obviously. This movie was also filmed in seven days.
1: That's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Production quality is pretty good.
0: Yeah. For what they pulled off seven days, I read that. I was like, you don't, I don't forgive everything, but I, I understand more of it.
1: I said it early. The thing that this film suffers from the most, besides acting, is the script story. It's too much. It should have just stayed a short film. If it was a short film, it would have been thoroughly enjoyable.
0: So Rachel passes out at this point from the eggnog.
1: Right. She wakes up dressed in a tiny doll outfit in Jamie's room. She's kind
0: of Alice in Wonderland-esque. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tied up. She
0: looked good in that dress.
1: She did. She looked great. Um, She's got like a bow in her hair. She's got the high heels. It looks like a Halloween dress that a lot of women wear. Mm-hmm. So then Jamie comes in dressed as Santa, still, Santa, This scene with his clippers. He starts, like, humping at one of the mannequins with them, like, so using the clippers as his dick? I don't know. I don't know. So then Rachel sounds like she's poop screaming again, because her scream is like, Err! like, she just is pushing and not actually screaming. She's kind of in a closet, which I didn't realize until she shut the door.
0: Oh, yeah, that same. Her hands are tied above her head. So she gets one out, but can't get the other one out.
1: So she shuts the closet door to block the knife. And then there's a loud thump and the door opens. And oh, there's Cody it came to save her. And then there's a Santa fight. Santa versus Cody.
0: For a second, I was like, Cody, Jamie, fight. And then after a couple seconds, of that, I wrote, not impressive.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of punching for a long time and a lot of cutting back to Rachel, whose one arm is still stuck in the rope.
0: I would kind of describe it if your two drunk college friends are kind of like pushing each other around a little bit, like pre-fighting, that's what this felt like.
1: Except Santa breaks Cody's leg.
0: Aggressively, yeah. (laughs) What happened to Santa in that moment, though? So they both go down behind the bed so she can't see him.
1: Right, so they both fall down. She gets her hand out. She walks around and just Cody pops up and Santa's gone.
0: has just shattered his knee pretty much.
1: Right, and Cody can't walk. He has a broken leg. Uh-huh. She hides Cody in a cubby and says, I won't leave you this time. I promise. Uh-huh. To
0: which she immediately leaves him.
1: And then I wrote, barf. So then... Is she in the same room that she left Cody and the cubby in?
0: Right as she shuts the door, we see Jamie stumble in and not notice anyone. Mm -hmm. So she's like, oh, I don't know where she hides.
1: She hides under the bed. It shows her. under the bed.
0: So Jamie turns and the room's empty because she's hiding under the bed.
1: And then it shows her under the bed and he's walking back and forth. The door closes. She hears the door close. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, don't fall for it. This is another time when I was trying to not yell at the screen. She slides her head out first. And I wrote in all caps, no, bitch. What are you doing? You slide your head out totally exposed from under the bed.
0: Prone under a bed is a problematic position in a lot of ways if your hiding doesn't work. I can't. Unless there's a half-naked co-ed who you're trying to kill on top of the bed.
1: Right. And your name is Jason Voorhees.
0: No, no. That was him earlier in the movie when she- Oh,
1: yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) So then he pulls her out from under the bed. Like, obviously, Santa pops out, pulls her out from under the bed. They fight. She kicks him in his non-existent dong.
0: Nothing happens. Right. He, like, almost, like, mocks. her, like, <sighs> <sighs> Ugh.
1: So then the window in the room is wide open, and she goes to jump out. There's so much chasing and fighting in the last half of this movie, and it's not even entertaining. It just goes on for too long.
0: All right. So she goes out the window. They chase through the woods for a bit.
1: Right. So she does her signature poop scream. He's chasing her. The shears just happen to be stuck in the ground along the pathway and he picks them up as they're running. She gets her hair stuck on a fence, but she gets away right as he reaches her. This was an awful chase. More running. And then I wrote, can this be over now? Then she hides. And then she does this thing, which is my favorite. And by my favorite, I mean it's not my favorite at all. Cover your own mouth with your own hand when you're hiding that thing. So, I guess maybe they can't hear you breathe or something.
0: It's just weird. I get the visual of, you know, oh, cover your mouth so you don't make noise, but that's not how you control your voice.
1: It just looks really strange. And then she does it again in a few minutes. So now they're back at the house after they were just in the actual woods, like in a forest. I'm so lost. She's covering her own mouth again as Mrs. G comes in because she's found her way back into the house at this point. Mm -hmm. Mrs. G walks in with a little gingerbread house. (laughs) And then at one hour, 14 minutes and seven seconds, she sees Rachel. She sees her own clothes on a mannequin. When did that happen? What do you mean?
0: When did she have time to put that mannequin together, Miss G?
1: Dude, she's already got all the mannequins. Mm -hmm. Who knows how long she was passed out, you know? Right, right. And then Mrs. G pops up and puts a plastic bag over Rachel's head and tries to suffocate her. I wrote, lady fight! Wait, then she smashes Rachel in the head with a cookie tin, okay? And then she threw the gingerbread house at her.
0: This was my favorite fight of the movie.
1: I wrote, this is the fight I've been waiting, fo- yeah.
0: waiting for. They were throwing some legit punches, too.
1: Actual punches. A Santa smack with an actual Santa. Yeah. First, she picked up the whole Santa mannequin and hit her with her and then took the arm.
0: Started beating her with it.
1: It was real funny.
0: And then uh, Miss G's bleeding from the mouth. She goes, now you've gone and pissed me off. I was like, oh, this is good.
1: And then Jamie comes and saves his mama. Fine. And Mrs. G tells Jamie to take
0: that bitch to the timeout room.
1: So in the timeout room, Cody is alive, strapped to a table. Cody shows up again. And Rachel says, what are you going to do to him?
0: Obviously we have dick cut time. At least that's what I wrote.
1: I didn't get that. I just
0: assumed it's, it was what has happened to every man.
1: I think I just didn't care.
0: Yeah. I wrote at this point, the Santa mask kind of looks like Jason Manzukis, which made me laugh.
1: <laughs> I think that's a little mean to Jason Manzoukas. No,
0: no, no I mean like, all right. So in the, and the dear Jason, I love you.
1: He does love you. I can attest to that.
0: I, I very much <laughs> do. It's just like the puffy beard.
1: Oh, oh the yeah. like It's got like the scrunched
0: grimace kind of, which Jason does sometimes. And then like the crazy hair. It okay. just had some okay. of that. I can
1: see. That. So we cut to Rachel's in the cage crying. And then Cody says, what are you going to do to me?
0: Take it down a notch to do it accurately.
1: So listen, those are stupid questions. What are you going to do to him? What are you going to do to me? Pretty much said exactly how I just said it.
0: I hate that trope in horror movies or any movies.
1: They're not going to tell you. Or maybe they will tell you. Who fucking cares?
0: What are you going to do to me? I don't know. Fucking use your reasoning and figure out. You're tied to a table. Not good things.
1: So then right here, we get Mrs. Jesus. Jamie, show me what you brought me or whatever. And uh, Jamie's carrying around a Santa sack full of dicks.
0: Literally a bag of dicks. Yeah. (laughs) That <laughs> made me laugh.
1: Because Mrs. G has told Jamie that she's going to put him back together. Yeah. And Jamie decides he doesn't want any of those bag of dicks. He wants Cody's dick.
0: To be fair, the freshest dick of the bunch.
1: Not that Jamie speaks. He just grunts and points. So yeah. he's obviously been incredibly abused. It makes me sad. So
0: then we get this reveal from Miss G.
1: Hold on. So Rachel and Cody just got this big reveal that Jamie and Mrs. G are going to cut off Cody's dick and neither of them seem very upset about it.
0: No, for two people who are really concerned about what they're going to do to him, all of a sudden they don't care.
1: All right, right. So then we
0: get this reveal from Miss G. So she tells Jamie, all right, go get me my surgical tools. And he leaves the room and she turns to Cody and Rachel and goes, I'm not actually going to fix him. I'm going to take him out of this world. Now, hold on. Before we address that, so this having him go collect dicks ruse was literally just that frivolous thing for him to do.
1: Can we first say, the first thing she says is, I know Jamie is crazy as a hoot. Okay, fair. I thought that Jamie was just collecting dicks on his own and then was like, (laughs) hey, mom. Brought you some dicks? Look what I found. Because Mrs. G says Jamie was coming to kill her for what she did to him. Mm-hmm. But she needs to kill him first. And that she was able to, like, get him to not kill her by saying that she would fix him. Got it. That's what I got from that whole spiel. But if she did send him out to go collect dicks, I mean, I don't even know.
0: I mean, this lady's messed up, so.
1: So she, again, like Ian said, she says she's going to kill Jamie. And that she and Rachel are going to live happily ever after Uh. because she says to Rachel, you were supposed to be mine. She has this whole thing where her husband had cheated with Rachel's mom and got Rachel's mom pregnant at the same time that he got Mrs. Garrett pregnant and that he gave Rachel's mom a girl and that she got the boy and how dare he. And that was her whole thing because she only wanted a girl because men are disgusting and they're perverts and whatever. I get it. It's supposed to be funny. I think this lady is too good of an actress because it doesn't come off as funny.
0: I don't know what else I can say about this movie's story. It just is enough.
1: So then Jamie comes back with the doll that Rachel had given, and he's playing with it with her. He's like, dur, 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 dur. you know how little kids play? And then Mrs. G tells Jamie, come with me. We're going to the living room. I'm going to fix you or whatever. hmm and they leave and she has a knife behind her back. And then as she's about to walk out, she turns around and goes, oh, I forgot something.
0: Shoves the shears right into Cody. Cody's dead.
1: And Rachel only screams a little bit. I don't even think she really screams all that much. She goes, no. Like a small poop. Yeah, a little
0: poop. Yeah, a nugget.
1: Um, and then she started punching the cage that she's in.
0: So we then go downstairs and we're in the, the big room with the Christmas tree and all the presents to Jamie and he's looking at him and He's very childlike mm-hmm. and enamored with, and she's talking to him, and she's like, oh, sweetie, you know, I, I can't, can't let you be in this world anymore, and he's not really responding. And then she delivers this line, and I wrote it down.
1: Hmm.
0: And it really sums up her-
1: Motivations.
0: Of this whole movie. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. And then she's like, I finally see you. And then she turns sinister and goes, and you ain't nothing but a dickless man. There ain't nothing worse than that. What the fuck? Man, holy shit.
1: Listen, I actually appreciate that if it wasn't for the fact that she's the one who made him a dickless man.
0: Yes, yeah, so that was the whole thing. And the whole time I was like, you're the reason he's this. How on earth? And I know it's probably it's mental illness and
1: all sorts of things, but how on earth can you blame him? So she stabbed him in the back. She stabs the shit out of him. Then he tosses her and it becomes a Santa-Mrs. Claus fight. Yeah. And they could have ended this movie 40 minutes ago with the same result. They could have chopped the middle 40 minutes out and this would have been wonderful. I would have loved this as a short film.
0: I'm interested to actually see the short film of this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would also like to see that.
0: Anyways, let's wrap up the plot because it's about to end.
1: So basically they're fighting Mrs. G and Jamie. They're just lightly pushing each other, and then he starts choking her. And then Rachel just walks by. You see her feet by Mrs. G's head, and she picks up a knife.
0: Which Mrs. G was like inches away from grabbing.
1: Then Rachel sits down on the couch and just watches.
0: Kind of sinisterly. Yeah. To be fair, if I was her in that moment, I would take it all in and be like, you get what you deserve.
1: Yeah, she's sitting and watching. And then we see from Mrs. G's point of view jamie is over her with his santa face and then we see the mannequin santa on one side teddy bear santa on the other side closing in and they're basically like <laughs> random shit and then she dies
0: rachel walks over to jamie her brother which we found out step brother half brother half brother he looks at her and they have this moment and she goes let's bury this bitch in the backyard and they go and do it
1: hold on you missed something Jamie takes off his Santa mask. We still don't see his face. Jamie takes off his Santa mask and puts it on his mom's face. Oh, yeah. Before they take her yeah, to yeah. bury her. Then I guess they must have buried her already because then we get a scene of Rachel just staring at a picture on the wall of like a kid, which is Jamie? Jamie? I don't know. That's what I thought. I was like, no, huh? It's a painting. It looked, like, it looked like the Baba Duke. It's a painting. It kind of did, actually. And she's looking at it and she's got like fish mouth. You know how a person is like opening and closing their mouth without Mm -hmm. talking or making a sound. And then her mouth is just hanging open, but it's not open in surprise or anything. It's just open. And then we see Jamie standing next to her, but you can't really see his face. It's like blurred out. We're not, I guess we're not ever meant to see. It's not really important. Right. And then we get her walking out the front door, throws the Santa mask on the ground where there are Christmas lights on the ground behind it. The lights flash and then turn off. That's the end of the movie.
0: Literally ends. Yeah.
1: So I couldn't figure out. So now Jamie doesn't want to kill her and their buddies. Are they going to kill people together? Are they going to like what? Are...
0: Dude, I don't even know.
1: This movie went from gratuitous gore, sort of fun silly definitely silly to it took a real hard turn into being pretty disturbing not very silly and just not fun to watch
0: that was all through the house i guess it's a week where we both get to answer the question of do i like this
1: so ian do you like this
0: i want to but i'm actually going to say no I don't think I like this because the story is just such a mess. And what could have been, like you said, a much more condensed version of this, I think, could be good. I just think it's too much of a mess. And it really just hits the wrong notes on topics that really you got to do better.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially since it was made in 2016.
0: Yeah, if this was...
1: If this was 16s or 70s, I could see this flying. 2016... 2016- It's just too ignorant for me.
0: Yeah, we're so past.
1: Right. And here's the thing. You can make stuff with this sort of thing. You can do things in a way that work. This just didn't work. The notes all fell flat and it just came off as really cheap. And it's a slasher horror movie. I don't expect it to be the pinnacle of social awareness. But come on, put a little effort into it legitimately anything could have happened to make jamie be what jamie was and they chose the one thing that was just shitty it was not very palatable are you gonna ask me are you gonna ask me
0: (laughs) i mean after that do i need do you like this sam
1: do i like this no i like parts of this i pretty much just like the christmas lights the santa costume was very good very creepy the kill scenes were, like, fun for the most part toward the beginning.
0: I did like some of the terrible one-liners.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. That's what movies like these are all about. Yeah.
0: And and Graham. I love Graham. Oh, Grandma God. was wonderful.
1: I really wanted her to fight back.
0: And Melinda Caring who plays Miss G, mm-hmm. did a wonderful job. She oh, yeah. really gave that role everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the star of the film in, in my book.
1: Yeah, definitely. Her and Graham. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's all through the house.
1: Um, yeah. So that happened. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, watch it if you want to, but <laughs> eh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Watch the trailer. <laughs> the trailer will give you everything you need. Yeah. Um, so we'd love to hear what you think. Uh, you can you know, follow us at Do I Like This on Instagram. You can send us emails at Do I Like This Podcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page now. Uh, Do I Like This
1: on Facebook?
0: Obviously. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, You can tell this podcast took a little bit out of me Talking about this film Um,
1: It's after midnight at this point We both have been wrangling a baby all day So
0: thanks for listening, we hope you enjoy And we'll uh, see you next week
1: Bye. Bye. Happy holidays